1: Yay, I'm excited this morning to bring you this message. Uh, This is Rest Month Series, message three. Peace, your environment of faith. Peace, your environment of faith. When I was growing up, when I was young, I'm I'm the last of six children, sometimes like all young children I would be involved in some folly and then I knew that if my mother got to know about it hmm, there was going to be chiboko Yeah, I was going to receive because the Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child but the road of correction will drive it far from him And I don't know, but I always got so worried between the time of the offense and the evening when the discipline would be administered. And then one day I came up with a trick and it worked every time. I would imagine the next day. Yeah, I just managed, I don't know. I would think about the next day the sun rising and I would be alive and I would not have died from this. First of all, I want to make it clear. It's not like my mom used to administer discipline which sort of causes you to think about death. No, 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 no. It wasn't that bad. It's just like when you're a child, you know, things can be weird. You can have... I don't know. But that trick worked the whole time. I would just think about the next day and that the day will come the sun will rise we will go to dig I will be fine I will not have died Hey, so that's, so every time I did that I would feel peaceful about the situation now I don't know for you what situation is causing anxiety for you it might be loss of a loved one it might be the whole lockdown thing caught you off guard. You didn't have any savings. Even the kawunga wasn't there. And now you're trying to figure out what am I going to do? Because in this season, as I talk to you now, I know that peace is on a premium. If it could be sold, it would be selling for a lot of money. Because people are in full-scale panic mode about the future, the next 42 days. Someone was saying, "You mean the 11 days we are just uh, 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 internship?" <laughs> <laughs> the first 11 days we are internship. Now you have entered the real thing, 42. So there is a lot of anxiety, and I just think the Father is talking to us about peace. Now we are not we are not the first people to have anxiety. All right, In Mark chapter four we find a story where Jesus had been teaching the whole day and ministering and ministering to the crowds and explaining things to his disciples, and then in the evening, he decided that they needed to cross the lake or the sea, like the Bible calls it, to the other side. So in verse 35, Mark 4:35, if you'll join with me and we we'll read together on your screens, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, "Let us cross over." to the other side. Okay. Let us cross over to the other side. Once in a while you come to a point in life where it's time to move to something else. It's time to move away from a certain environment to another environment. Okay. Because in fact, verse 36 confirms this. It says, now when they had left the multitude. Sometimes there are situations that cause you to feel like you've left some people behind. And it's just you and God or a few special people. When they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was and other little boats were also with him. You know, certain experiences and moments are not for the multitudes. There are certain things that only a few people know about me. There are certain things that I only teach in certain environments. And so this was the situation that was happening. Christ has been ministering to the multitudes and explaining to his disciples, and now something extraordinary was about to happen. They were about to go through a certain experience to which they could not bring the multitudes. So this was one of those times when the disciples go away with the Lord by themselves. Okay? And I can tell you, based on what I saw on TV the other day, I don't need discernment to know that right now, everyone watching me is going through a no-multitude moment. Yeah. The multitudes are not there. You are at home. You are locked up. Or is it locked down? Yeah. You are now by yourself. The next 42 days are wonderful or terrible, depending on how you approach them, depending on what you decide to do. Personally, I've decided to focus on the inner work in this season. You know the things we've not been doing because we've been busy all over the place in traffic jam? Now is the time to do them. Now is the time to increase prayer. Now is the time to tend your heart. Do you know your heart needs tending? Your heart is like a garden, but most of our hearts are overgrown with weeds because we've been too busy tending everything else but not our hearts time to tend your heart it's time to sit down and think who am i lord why am i here where am i going it's time to spend some time with your spouse now that you're not busy it's time to do the inner work because you see there is work that must happen inside the castle if you're going to win the war out there on the front and this is a great time a great opportunity things, to clean up certain things, to to organize your bedroom. Yeah, You've been living and coming in like like there's a crisis every day for the last, I don't know how many months. And now there's a whole civilization under your bed consisting of several things including unwashed cups and plates and other insects and other such things plus a centimeter thick uh, Dust, which is about a centimeter thick. Now is the time for the inner work. I'm using this opportunity to work on a book that I've been promising myself. This book needs to come out. This book needs to come out. Now, I have time to write. Yeah. My, my, my last book that, I, I, that came out, Essential Practices for Health healthy church finances was from the last lockdown. So it looks like every lockdown is an opportunity for a book and there's one coming out, it's going to be it's going to bless you it's going to bless you So right now is the no multitude moment. How are you handling it? How are you putting it to use? Are you just cursing and wishing life was different? This is a great time to go away with the Lord And work on some things and leave the multitude behind. Amen. I know you're shouting amen back there at home. Yeah. So they left the multitude and took him along. When you leave the multitude, you need to go with Jesus. Don't leave the multitude and leave Jesus. That's not a good idea. All right. So now. They have committed to this journey with the Lord. They've left the crowds there. They're like, let's get into the boat, let's go. Now, mind you, majority of these, maybe a good portion of them, at least four, according to the scriptures, we, we know. Four of the 12 were fishermen. So the thing of getting on a boat wasn't such a big deal, right? Oh, Verse 37. Verse 37. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. What? You guys, as in a windstorm with Jesus. You see, the presence of problems does not mean the absence of God. The presence of COVID does not mean the absence of God. The presence of needs in your life doesn't mean the absence of God. The presence of pain doesn't mean the absence of God. No, 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 no. Please, 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 do not let the enemy deceive you into thinking that now that you're going through a situation God has left you. No, no, no. He teaches in in Psalm 23, verse 4 that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Remember, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Hey, That sounds like a very hectic environment. Yeah, like death is all over the place. Death is looming that is even casting a shadow. But he says, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Not because the enemy is around. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The presence of problems doesn't mean the absence of God. These guys were with Jesus in the boat. And the boat was being hit so hard. I read a, a, a book long ago. I'm a reader of books. I hope you are too. It was called the Kentucky Expedition where these guys made a raft and decided that they would cross the Atlantic with a, a raft that doesn't have any motorized help. <laughs> At some point, what I remember in that book is a guy describing the waves in the middle of a storm. The guy was describing 30-foot waves. A 30-foot wave. That's a three-storied building. Okay? So imagine you are on that raft. And at one point, you're on the crest of the wave. You can see the whole sea. The next point, you're in the trough of the wave. It's just water all over. It's like you're like Israel. It's walking through the Red Sea. Only that it is not on dry ground this time. And then a few seconds later, you're in the what? You're in the crest. You're in the trough for days. Days. Yeah. Not sleeping because you can't sleep. Everyone is holding on for dear life. Three, if the camera people can help me as I move here closer to me. You see, let me give you perspective. It is about, actually it's deeper than from the bottom, but for now I'll use this. From the bottom of this pillar to the top of that pillar yeah this is about 30 feet just about 30 feet so we are when you are in a 30 foot wave storm that's what i'm talking about like right now you're here and the water is up to those ends and the water is up to those ends and the next thing you know you're on top of the world in a couple of seconds and then you're at the bottom and then you're at the top and then you're at the bottom. That's what some people have been going through. In fact, some people, even the lockdown didn't make any difference. Yeah, it's like, look, what? Yeah, it's okay. Because stuff has already been bad. And now that there's lockdown, for some people, the waves have started. You checked the fridge, there was nothing. Then you remembered you bank with one of those banks where the nearest ATM is so far away, and you're contemplating: Should I give my border rider, my border guy, my pin? Because <laughs> so they're like, now like, and then your border guy doesn't even know to use the ATM machine, so you can't buy stuff. Even if you can walk to the shops, you don't have the money. And I don't know whatever else is happening there. We've been losing relatives. It's, it's a very shaky moment in a lot of people's lives right now. The boat is being, the waves are beating into the boat. Collective nation, the waves are beating into the boat. Yeah, because the last time round, we survived it, sort of. This time round, the waves are deeper. And people are panicking. But I just want to tell you that these people had Jesus on the boat. <laughs> they had Jesus on the boat. Yeah, The, absence, the, the presence of trouble, the presence of storms, shouldn't tell, don't be deceived into thinking Jesus is not there. So anyway, a great, a great windstorm arose and these people were experiencing something. Now something else happens. Uh, verse 38 this is where it gets interesting. But he was in the stern, that's below deck, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him up, they awoke him and say to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, I told you already that four of the twelve are professional fishermen. This one is a carpenter. By the time professional fishermen are using the word perishing, the rest of you, you should know your level. It's like if you go to your doctor and he examines you and he starts crying. <laughs> yeah. That's why doctors are trained to manage their emotions. Some of you can't be doctors. Because yeah. you will start crying for the patient. So here are fishermen, One version says they cried out. They were crying out. But it's interesting that Jesus was asleep on a pillow. And I'm thinking, did he bring the pillow? Was the pillow on the boat? Did someone else bring a pillow? Because uh, uh, I, I, I don't know about pillows and boats. Bill Johnson said something very profound. Bill Johnson's a pastor of uh, Bethel Church. He said, the only storm you have authority over is one you can sleep in. The only storm you have authority over is the one you can sleep in. Now remember, these people are working hard, throwing water off the boat. etc. Someone else is asleep. Yeah. And they are asking the question that many of us are asking God right now. Do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care that my auntie died? Do you not care that my parent? Do you not care that my sibling died of COVID? Do you not care that... We are ventilators in hospitals fighting to survive. Do you not care that we are perishing? Sometimes when the storm is on, the idea we get in our heads is that God does not care. But that's a wrong idea. Because you already stated, even when I walk through the virus, you are with me. You are with me. The thing that you must convince yourself about is that God is with you. And he actually cares. And he has already given you the equipment to deal with this situation. Because he's asking, do you not care that we're perishing? And here is what Jesus does in verse 39. He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Peace be still. Peace be still. You see, Jesus, all he did was take the peace that was already on the inside of him. Take the peace that he was operating under, sleeping on a pillow, and extend it to the sea. That's all he did. He gave the sea what he had. You can't give what you don't have. If when you arrive, everyone is wailing and you are wailing the loudest, you are not about to be the one to extend peace to that situation. I know sometimes, we, we, I know we should mourn with those who mourn, but sometimes we make a show of it because we want people to see that we also attach deeply. Whew. No, 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 no. We should operate like Jesus. Give the storm your peace. Give the storm your peace. Why? You possess it. You have it. You have the peace. Give the storm your peace. I'm going to come back to this point and just show you a little bit. Man, let let me deal with it now. You see, the storm is already a storm. Now, if you also come with your storm inside, you're creating a double storm. I remember someone said that life is 20% event, 80% response. Life is 20% event, 80% response. Most of life is about how we respond to what is happening, not what is happening. Most of life is about our response to what is happening, not what is happening. All right, I need to move forward. So, this is how we all operate. Unfortunately, many times we are like the disciples. We adopt the external environment around us. You were not created to adopt the external environment around you. The only reason a boat stays afloat is because it doesn't have water in it. <laughs> mm. If you let water into the boat, it's time to sink. If you let the external environment into you, it's time to sink. You are not allowed to be under the circumstances. You are far above the circumstances. You are never beneath, always above the circumstances circumstances will come you look you can't if you are here on earth the last thing you can get rid of is something called circumstances things that you have completely no control over they are going to come the point is what is your response do you have a response of peace to that storm or are you have you let the storm into your system So sometimes we do the wrong thing. We adopt the external environment around us. If there are happy people, we are happy. If there are grumpy people, we are grumpy. If the situation is calm, we are peaceful. peaceful. If it's stormy, we are stormy. If people love us, we love them. If they don't, we don't. Now, Jesus has called us to a higher dimension of life. Where these things are on the inside of us. And whatever is happening on the outside, we can extend our inner environment to the external environment. Praise the Lord. Come on, people. I'm imparting some peace to some of you. Yeah. Here here, here, here is a statement I got last night as I was thinking about it. You cannot subdue what you are a part of. You cannot subdue what you are a part of. To subdue something, you must be independent of it. Yeah. So to subdue a storm, you must be (laughs) independent of it. You are not under circumstances. You are above and not beneath. Verse 40 to 41, And then I'm going to share with you seven reasons why you should embrace peace. <laughs> Verse 40 to 41 is very instructive. So now Jesus has calmed down the storm. You see, the adults were crying. Fishermen were crying out because of the storm. Jesus is sleeping on a pillow in spite of the waves. And then he wakes up and extends his peace to the storm and its glass. And then he gives them the lesson for the day. He said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey? You see, many times we expect God to understand. We expect Jesus to understand and agree with our unbelief. And we expect Jesus to understand why we are fearful, why we were crying out, etc. I know that this is going to sort of, this is contrary to all that you've been thinking. You see, in a situation like this, most leaders would apologize to the team. I'm so sorry, boys. I was tired. I slept off. What? You were thinking, please, please, I'll never do it. No, 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 no. This complete oversight that I slept in the middle of the storm. That's what some of you, some of you are expecting God to apologize. But instead of apologizing and being sorry about the storm, Jesus rebuked them. He said, don't you know who you are? Because now for them, they are saying, who can this be? And even Jesus is like, but who? This is you. It's, why are you so fearful? How come you have no faith? In other words, why did you wake me up? Why didn't you deal with the storm? It's like, did you really expect me to die in this storm? Huh? to go down with a boat and sink with the rest of you. That's what Jesus, I think, is thinking. Like, you really thought that we could... It's like, why are you so fearful? You see, fear will contaminate your faith and your peace. And, and as I'm going to show you later, the, the environment for your faith is peace. You see, of all the people on the boat, the only person who could care, take care of the issue is the person who was peaceful. I want to ask you that next time you walk into a storm and everyone has lost their mind, purpose! Purpose! To be the peaceful one. Because you need one person at least who has peace. Who's going to bring some common sense and say, okay, what do we do next? What can we help? You know, do you get what I'm saying? Because... When everyone is panicking, it doesn't change the situation. It only makes things worse. You see, the thing you're panicking about has already happened. (laughs) Panic can't reverse it. It has already happened. The storm is on. This is not a weather forecast, this is the real thing. So, panic cannot help. Why are you so fearful? Wow. Many times we think that God is not going to handle the thing when he's expecting us to handle the thing. Because he has equipped us to handle the thing. The problem is we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. Imagine the shock of the disciples when Jesus is telling, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I think they're like, do you just think? is supposed to be fearful in the midst of such a thing? No. No. You are not everyone. (laughs) You are not everyone. You are different. You are well equipped to handle any storm that can come your way. And the thing you are equipped with is peace. 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 Peace, peace, peace. Remain in peace. The person with the greatest level of peace is going to be able to exercise the greatest level of authority in any storm. You lose your authority when you lose your peace. You lose your authority when you lose your peace. I've never been to court, but I see it on TV. The judge never looks panicky at all. The person with the greatest authority in the court of law is the judge. And he sits comfortably here as all these people arguing. You never see the judge losing his cool, ever. Yeah. Because he knows that his authority is not vested in his feelings. It is vested in his position. Why are you so fearful? Worship harvest. Don't you have the word of the Lord that you're disease free zone, and that there is an outbreak of healings? How is it that you have no faith? How is it that you have no faith? You know, when you when you see this, it can seem so insensitive. Like this is so insensitive, but I can tell you, Jesus knows what he's saying because he knows where our victory is going to come from. It's from a place of peace, not panic. You see, someone can come and give you some religious platitudes and talk and give you fake encouragement. You know fake encouragement? The kind of encouragement that makes the situation even worse, but somehow in your heart you feel like the person has understood. Look, what do you want? Someone to understand or to deal with the storm. Wow, seven reasons to embrace peace. One, peace is an inheritance. It's yours. It was given to us by Jesus. It was bequeathed to us. We have it. John 14, 27 says, Peace, I live with you. My peace I give to you. It will keep you safe and sound. Yeah, peace. I live with you, my peace. I give to you. Everything will be all right. So Jesus left his peace with us. He says, peace, I live with you. I live with you. Hmm? My peace, not your peace, the peace of Jesus. This one that makes a man sleep on a boat in the middle of the storm. Because you could say, Peace I live with you, Peter's peace I give to you. No, John's peace, Judas's peace, Matthew's peace, Bartholomew's peace I give to you. I know you you know some friends whose peace you don't want. You can count five people on your left hand whose peace you'd rather not have. Those are not the ones we are talking about. We are talking about Jesus' own peace. He says, my peace. In case you're mistaken into thinking, I'm giving you just peace. No, 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 no. Mine, my peace, I give to you. I bequeath it to you. I'm living it with you. The same way someone will drive to your home and leave you with their car and say, my car, I leave it with you. I am giving it to you. And then they take a border border back home. Of course, not in this season. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus getting his own peace and says, bless her, here. Angela, Here. B3 here. You can now sleep in the middle of the storm. Florence here. Hey, that's the peace we've received. That's the peace we've received. Ha, ah, come on, people. I'm preaching better than you're listening. Mm. Peace, I live with you. It's, it, so, one, it is an inheritance. When the man was about to die, he got his peace and gave it to us. Secondly, point two, why you should embrace peace? Because God is an author, he's the author of peace. Author means authority of. So the thing that God does in your life is peace. God is the author of peace. Peace is a function of God, not circumstances. Peace is a function of who? Of God. God author's peace. The same way I write a book, Pastor Angela sings a song, Blessed dances a dance, God author's peace. So peace is not a function of circumstances. That's why Paul and Silas could start that caprice and worship session at midnight, in the midst of stocks having been beaten thoroughly. In Philippi. You're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, because... (coughs) Because peace is not a function of situations. If you have God, you should have peace automatically. You can't claim to have one and not the other. You can't say, I'm born again, I don't have peace. That's not possible. First Corinthians fourteen thirty says, "For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace." Romans fifteen thirty three says, "Now the God of peace be with you all." Amen. The God of peace, not the God of chaos, the God of peace. Huh? Ooh! Wow! You see, God, the word God can also, be, can also mean creator. Katonda. So if the God of peace, Katonda we mirembe, that's what he creates, that's what he authors. Peace. Romans 16.20 says, And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Yeah. It's the God of peace who will crush Satan. It's the God of peace who will crush Satan. Number three. I'm moving fast because my time is running fast. So the first point is peace is an inheritance. Secondly, peace God is the author of peace. Three, peace is our primary answer to prayer. Yeah, When you pray... The thing God gives is peace, first and foremost. That's why be anxious for nothing. You see, it starts with anxiety. He <laughs> starts with anxiety. <laughs> because situations create anxiety. You see, anxiety is a very interesting thing because it can come from real, real things and imagined things. There is a person I know who is... Terribly anxious when they go up to at least the fourth floor of the building. It's, it's, it's not real. But for them, I think they are seeing the earth is moving like this. Why are people having fun? <laughs> but just be anxious for nothing. Why? You see, sickness can, can cause anxiety. Poverty, brocalysis can cause anxiety. Death can cause anxiety. Appending an interview can cause anxiety. Huh? An exam can cause anxiety. A relationship can cause anxiety. Performance on a big stage can cause anxiety. So, in other words, this thing called anxiety, how can it come from all these diverse sources of real threats and imagined threats? So, for example, if you're going to sing on a stage, like, what on earth causes the anxiety? Are you expecting people to come from the audience and attack you and and abuse you? I don't get it. But you can be super anxious. Now, the thing is this. I'm just trying to expose anxiety. Yeah. For some people, seeing a small frog in a corner somewhere can cause anxiety. Never mind, it can't do anything. Now, so... That's why he says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. The answer to anxiety, no matter its source, is prayer with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And then he tells you what God is going to do. The Bible doesn't say, and then God will give you the pair of jeans you've been asking for. Or, and then God will, no, 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 no. He says, and the peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Why is God's answer to prayer peace? Because when you are in peace, you are in faith and can create the thing you are asking for. You are not in a position to receive if you are not in peace. You see, in that storm story we just looked at with Jesus... All it took it was one person to be in peace and they could create the calmness that was needed. Embrace peace. I want you to understand that peace is God's primary answer to your prayer. That's why many people they are there. have been praying for this. Nah, I'm not seeing an answer. No, the answer came long ago and you rejected it. Peace. And when you're in peace, suddenly you see the solution to the thing you're praying for. Like all along, God has been working already. Point four: Peace is a huge part of the kingdom. The responders come and join me now, so that we can finish. Peace is a huge part of the kingdom. You can't you can't efficiently operate in the kingdom without peace, because the kingdom of God is not drinking and eating, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if the kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy, it means that peace is a third of the kingdom, literally, if you are to go mathematically. It means that you can't be fictive. It's like righteousness. If you think that you you have to believe that God has given you righteousness as a gift, and then suddenly you're able to operate in the kingdom. Last time we were looking at joy, now we're looking at peace. Peace! Peace! You can't express kingdom life without peace. Point five. Peace is a great empire. To help us know the right way to go, especially in decision making, says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule, empire, direct. Anytime you're making a big decision and there is no peace, take a pause on it. Just take a pause on it. Point six, peace is a sign that you know God. Yeah, it says Great grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. Yeah. If you're in the knowledge of God, peace is being multiplied. It's not even stable. It's being multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. If you know God, you should be in peace. The last one. This is, this is good. This is good. This, uh, uh, this is good. The last one is good. Peace is the precursor to the miraculous. Peace is the precursor to the miraculous. We have a story of Hannah. These ladies needs to come now. He says, so, so this Hannah wanted to have a child, but was not having a child. And her co-wife was taunting her because she didn't have children. And she was so bitter about it So this one time they go to the temple to do the the, the thing they used to do every year and she's so bitter about it. So Hannah rose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, Lord of hosts, if you'll need it look on your... look on the affliction of your maid servant and remember me and not forget your maid servant but will give your maid servant a male child then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord now this is where it becomes important that Eli watched her mouth now Hannah spoke in her heart only her lips moved but her voice was not heard Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, "How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you." But Hannah answered and said, "No, my lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. No peace, no peace, no peace. Stuff is bad. I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. My wedding, wedding, my marriage is not working." My health is down. I need this. I need that. I have drunk neither wine nor intox- intoxicating drink, but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maid servant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. It's very really interesting. She says, do not consider your servant a wicked woman. Mm. What does that say about intoxicating drink and alcohol? Mm. But Hannah answered and said, No. I'm done with that. Then Eli answered and said, please, now pay attention. Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel, grant your petition which you have asked of him. That's the thing. This is the thing I said. The thing that the priest pronounced upon her that will turn around, the situation was peace. Go in peace. See what she did. And she said, let your maid have find favor, favor in your side. So the woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. In other words, she received the peace. And the next we know, she got, she got a child. And that child was Samuel, one of the greatest prophets of all Israel. Friends, remain in Peace, Pastor Bithri, come and encourage us.
0: Wow. What a word of encouragement that God has brought to us this morning. You're watching and you've been troubled. You've been having so many questions. And yet, instead of questioning, we embrace peace, the peace of God. One of the things Apostle Moses said today is that when the storm comes, run from the storm with Jesus not away from him but understand that you're with him in the storm and go to him not away from him and some some of you watching today you've been running from Jesus not to him but today he's drawn you in and today is the day to say yes to him To say yes to the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, the righteous one who died for your sins, that he may give you an opportunity to be a son and a daughter. I want to give you the opportunity today we would like you to say yes to the Prince of Peace, the source of peace, the source of life and hope. And it's so simple today to get born again. If you've never met Jesus Lord of your life, this is the day for you to make Jesus Lord of your life. And it is simple. The Bible says you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And just like that, you're born again. So would you pray this simple prayer after me? And I want you to do something small. Put your hand up. If you're at home today. You're alone somewhere. You don't need to have company, but even if you do, don't allow fear. Fear is not from God. God is the source of peace. Put your hand up today. Yes, put those hands up. God sees those hands, and there's a celebration in heaven. And pray this simple prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I accept your love today.
1: I accept your love today.
0: Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for accepting me. Today, I am born again. Today, I am born again. Today, I am a child of God. A child. Take, my Take my life and do something significant with something it. Significant. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer, the shalom of God right now has come into your life. There is a number on your screen. Those of you listening, the number is 0775642449. Send us a message. Let us know that you made the decision and we want to help you know how to move forward. Welcome
2: to the family of God. Amen. Amen. When Jesus is going, he said, peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. Not like the world gives, do I give. Okay? And he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. When there is trouble and when there is fear, it covers the peace that Jesus has left you with. And so there's people out there, Apostle Moses earlier was talking about doing an internal work and the fact that we need to tend our garden. Let not your heart be troubled. The things you're listening to the programs you're watching, the forwards you're opening, the small video clips of people dying, the statistics are causing trouble in your heart and making it afraid and it's covering the peace of God. He has given you peace. But you're not able to receive the peace because you're not tending the garden, your heart, you're not guarding your heart. And God is inviting us now in this season to start tending the garden. Take out the weeds. Take out the weeds. Certain things, certain groups you need to leave, certain friends you need to stop talking to because they are putting you in a space where your heart is troubled and it's afraid. Let not your heart be troubled. There's someone watching right now and you have pain in your chest. You have pain in your chest and you're worried and you're troubled and you've talked to a few people and they've told you how in fact my cousin hmm, first started feeling pain and you're sitting at home and you're worried and you're thinking i'm not able to go to hospital i command peace to you right now i command peace to you right now you're going to get your hand laid on your chest and you're going to tell the pain to go away someone else went to bed fine and then you woke up and you are wheezing. There was a bit of wheezing. I command peace to you right now in the name of Jesus. There's a certain family, one of your family members traveled before the lockdown and now you've been separated. They're not able to come back. I command peace to you and peace to your family member. There's someone else, the lockdown happened, and you don't have food. I command peace to you right now in the name of Jesus. And I declare that there's provision, I declare that there's health, I declare that there's freedom, I declare that there's no fear, and the word that we have received of an outbreak of healing is happening right now in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're watching this broadcast right now, you're well. I command health to you in the name of Jesus
1: now friends we speak peace to you wherever you are in the name of jesus we command peace to your household to your marriage to your body to your work environment if you're sick in any part of your body i want you to put your hand wherever the sickness is even as i pray thank you father for wellness thank you father for restoration I cast that sickness, whatever it is. Whatever it is, be dried up to the root. Be gone forever in the name of Jesus. We speak peace, we speak health, we speak restoration. We give you praise and and glory because you are the God who heals us. So thank you, Father. May God heal you and restore you completely. And may you lack nothing good even in this season. Amen, 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 amen. Do you receive amen.
2: that? Amen. He reigns in every heart.
0: Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Salmon series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393 281 That is 0393 281 555.
2: We're taking territory.